Hello, here we are. Episode one. Episode of, one. Episode one of, well, one so far. And episode one of what? This is a, a what are we doing, Matthew? We're doing a, a podcast about giants and cocktails. Two um, of our favorite subjects. Two of our favorite subjects. Really, really the only two things I care about are baseball and alcohol. Oh, you missed an alliteration moment there. You could have said baseball and booze. Oh, well. That could be the name of the pod, actually. Well, that's it. Podcast over. Podcast over. That's it. It's baseball and booze. That is actually good. Uh, I I think that would be if we were more general, but but we're focusing on on one team, right? Yes. Right. Yes. So so we're focusing on on our favorite team, the best team, uh, the San Francisco Giants. And let's see, yeah, and we're also going to be talking about cocktails, mostly baseball, a little bit talking about cocktails, and, and hopefully uh, in an entertaining and um, engaging way. Yeah, and so really what we're talking about today is just the, the painful and confusing world of podcasting and, and how to go about learning how to do this for the first time, uh, because this is the first time that we have ever done a podcast. Well, actually, that's not true. That's not true for me. I'm realizing right now as I'm saying that. Matthew, have well, you ever done a podcast before? I have never done a podcast before. I can honestly say that. I have. Oh. I'm not going to change my mind on this one because this is new to me. You saying that you've done a podcast and uh, it's kind <laughs> of. I'm I'm a little shocked because I am your brother and uh, right. I feel like I should know these things. No, it's actually not that shocking. Our 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 mother. Who we we both know you know her. Oh, I do know uh, her. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's actually listened to this podcast, so it's it's not that it's not that obscure. But I was actually just a guest. I was a guest on two separate episodes of a podcast. God help me at my job about four or five years ago, and I got to talk about my career uh, as if I were an expert or something. So they didn't I didn't hold actually, it against you that you like change jobs like every few years. Uh, well, I was at that job for four years, so... Oh, you were a veteran uh, by then, yes. I was a veteran by then. I was a director by then, so thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, but you know what's interesting, though, is interesting about that podcast, which was very cool, is they also had uh, libations. So we, we, would, we, we had a whiskey the day that I was on. Uh, one, of, one of the days I was on. So one day I was there on and I talked about my career. And, and that is not what this podcast is supposed to be about. But the other day we talked about uh, self-driving cars. And those were supposed to have happened by now. And they haven't. And uh, that's also a different subject matter for a different podcast. But, but yeah. Well, so on that, well, on that first podcast, you, you said you talked about you drank whiskey. Uh, so what mm. are you drinking today? Oh, well, actually I'm drinking whiskey. I am drinking. I am drinking an old fashioned. I, I, I thought for our first episode I would go with a classic, and this is an old fashioned using a rye whiskey. I usually like my old fashions with bourbon, but that's the new old fashioned. The old old fashioned, the classic old fashioned uses rye whiskey, and that's what I'm drinking today. So what else is in an old fashioned? Well, you know, an old-fashioned is really more like a rough guide. But I, I think a traditional old-fashioned, well, an old old-fashioned, the one that they, they might have made in the 50s, would be rye whiskey, 
I think you would probably muddle some fruit in there. Oh, no, so you would muddle some sugar. You would muddle a, a, a sugar cube or two in a, a, a with a little bit of... Uh, bitters, right? Yeah, with bitters. Yeah, so you would dash in a couple of bitters onto your sugar cubes, and then you would mash up the sugar cubes, and then you would put in some rye whiskey, and then you would actually dilute it with water and then put it on the rocks and you would drop in some fruit garnishes. And I don't think they muddled the fruit back then, but I might be wrong. But anyway, that's a traditional, that's what the, you know, that's what they drank in the fifties. It's a sweet whiskey drink now. Well, at least three or four years ago when uh, the new old fashioned came, made a strong comeback, it was bourbon, bourbon with a little bit of simple syrup. So, so no more smashing the, the the sugar cubes and soaking them in bitters now you would use simple syrup which is nicer it gives you a smoother cocktail right you don't have the grainy the grain granules from the sugar cube and and you'd mix that up with some bitters of of various kinds and no no fruit muddling at all but typically what they would do is they would a lot of people would do a spritz of uh, like an orange oil on top uh, and then they would put in some sort of fruit garnish right some so you might get a like an orange slice or an orange wedge in the drink itself and then you would have a, a cherry you got to have a cherry but no no luxardo cherries it has to be a, a nice like uh you know a really nice cocktail uh cherry um anyway i like all old fashions uh, and the one today I'm having actually came from a, a cocktail of the month club that uh, that came to me in the mail. It was a gift, and uh, uh, so this month we're doing rye whiskeys, and they had a recipe for a um, for a uh, for an old fashioned, and I won't name them because they didn't pay us any money. So That's right, right, and so why should they get to the the, the benefit of having our zero listeners? Totally hear that exactly. so so you know if they want to pay me to tell everybody what their name is i'll do that but until in this then, case in this case tell nobody yeah well tell nobody tell you i guess tell it me. is <laughs> i'm not even going to tell you what the name of the of the of the uh, of the cocktail of the month club that that I'm, I'm a member of i believe i'm actually only a member for one month because i think it was a one month subscription and uh but but anyway it's actually really good so i right. I, I had two um, nice yeah, yeah. So if I get out of hand, now uh, we know why. Well, I was gonna say it's probably normal, but now I have an excuse. So, so yeah. anyway, so yeah, so that's I mean that's cocktails, right? Yep, yep. Do you want to know what I'm drinking? Oh, I I do. I do want to know what you're drinking. Okay. Well, I I too went uh, kind of old school, and I just I, I made myself a margarita, and you know a little uh, Grand Marnier, a little uh, white tequila. Some lime juice and some agave syrup, and here I am with my and I of course with salt on the rocks with salt, and uh, is the only way to go in my book. And, salt on uh, the rim. Yep, salt on the rim. Yeah. And yeah, so that's what I'm drinking today. How do you salt your rim? I put a little lime wedge around the rim, and then I just mm-hmm. roll it in salt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, like a pro. Like yeah, a pro. Well, I've yeah. watched enough bartenders do it. I. Um, you know, that's, and, so and, many. and 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 so I, many I 
I must say that I am, when it comes to cocktails, I feel like if we, you know, this as this is going to be a regular thing, my cocktails are, we're going to be mixing this up. I, you know, some of the days I'm going to, I'm going to be doing, you know, the, the old, the good, good old stuff. But I feel like sometimes I, I live in wine country, so it might be a glass of wine. It, you know, it, it could be. Uh, maybe it's a mocktail, you know, um, but I, I, you know, I'm going to, I know you're not liking that, but I, you know, I feel like some people out there, cause I, you know, we want to share the, the, the recipes at the end of the pod. And so we'll feel like some people maybe don't care about the alcohol and maybe want to try something else. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do my part for those people. Uh, I, I prefer my, my cocktails to have alcohol in them, but so, okay. So we're talking about cocktails. We're talking about the the San Francisco Giants. We're also talking about making a podcast for the first time and how, well, one, I think how easy it is, but also how like difficult it is. One of the things that we have to do is we have to come up with a name. And I don't even know if anybody's ever going to hear this episode. And, you know, part of me is thinking it's going to be heavily edited because I already know some of the things that we've said that I want to cut out. But we have to, one of the things we have to do, and, and maybe maybe the listeners have already heard it, but we have to tell everybody what our name is, what the name of the podcast is. Yeah. And, and so we're talking about the San Francisco Giants and we're talking about cocktails. So obviously the name of the podcast is what? Giant Cocktails. That's right. Giant Cocktails. And do we mean that to be like a euphemism? Oh, or... you know we do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> when when you when you came up with this name, you were definitely <laughs> thinking euphemism. Oh, it's my fault now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, so welcome. This is this is Giant Cocktails, where we talk about cocktails and we talk about the San Francisco Giants, and and why are we talking about the San Francisco Giants? I mean, why not? I mean, obviously, you know, uh, the team of the decade right of the yep. decade that just ended obviously and you know yeah granted the latter half of the decade wasn't as good as the first half of the decade but what a first half one of the greatest teams of all time one of the most storied franchises in baseball uh, still the team with the most hall of famers i believe so i mean why not talk about the san francisco giants but i i, I think the question is why are we talking about the san francisco giants yep uh, so, so Matthew, well, what, what, why, why the San Francisco Giants? Why for you? Well, you know, I, as you know, we both grew up in the Bay Area, and so there were there were two options, I guess, as far as teams that we could <laughs> could root for. Theoretically, only one option. Theoretically, sure. there were there were sure. two, and okay. and I do remember going to some of the other teams' games, especially when the Bash Brothers and all that were 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 doing you know their thing. But really, my memories around baseball uh, start and end with the Giants, and. From the moment, you know, our mother would pack us in the car with our grandparents and we'd get Kentucky Fried Chicken on the road on the way up and and we'd, you know, arrive at windy, cold candlestick and, you know, eat our chicken and and watch batting practice and wait for grandpa to buy us a uh, chocolate malt. You know, those those were the memories, you know, for me that uh, just kind of cemented that uh, you know, my love for the Giants. And, and it was hard to be a Giants fan back then because they sucked. And, you know, I mean, one of my, you know, I mean, I remember them while losing 100 games. I remember, you know, we were, you know, watching Joe Morgan beat the Dodgers in the last, you know, game of the 
of the season to knock them out of the playoffs. And, you know, but we were so bad. That's those are the types of things that we had to root for because, you know, we weren't ever going to go to the playoffs. And then, you know, over the years, we started to get better. We had the, you know, we had Roger Craig and the, you know, Hum Baby and How Do You Like Them Kids and Will Clark and Robbie Thompson and Matt Williams. And, and you know, and that's really when I was like, oh my gosh, I love the Giants. And they were a lot of fun to, to watch and root for. And, and then, uh, you know, and then as they progressed into, you know, then Pac Bell and, you know, and moved into the new stadium and you had season tickets. So I was able to bum, bum tickets off of you to go to games. And, you know, that was, uh, that was fun. And so it's just, it's always been a part of my life. And, you know, it's the first thing I look at when I wake up in the morning, you know, how did the Giants do? What were the box scores? And, and, uh, you know, who's right and what about them and follow up on that. And so it just seemed natural to you know, want to talk about the Giants. How about you? Wow. Yeah. Well, well, so first of all, I, before, before all of the Giants fans descend upon us on our first podcast and, and rip you to shreds for, for, for getting the, um, you gotta like these kids, uh, catchphrase wrong. Oh, did I get it wrong? Um, oh. You did. You said, uh, I think you said. Was I grammatically like, correct? Please don't tell me I was grammatically I think you were correct. grammatically correct. It was just the wrong thing, but yeah, I, well, so so going back to you know, actually, when I was a kid, and I, I think largely one of the reasons I'm a Giants fan is is, is your fault. I mean, I, I don't know that that's entirely true, but I actually, as a kid, I do remember that I had a jacket that I loved that I wore all the time that was green, and it had yellow writing on it. <laughs> and this jacket wore out it you know it got holes in it and uh you know it was time to get a new jacket and and our mother asked i think you know do i want to replace it do i want a new green jacket with yellow writing on it or do i want a a a san francisco giants jacket and and i distinctly remember you whispering to me you want a giants jacket (laughs) so so there is that memory in my mind but you know, the, the fact of the matter is, I, like you said, our grandpa was a huge Giants fan, and we we did go we did go to see the A's play quite a bit. And in fact, I think the last, uh, just strangely, coincidentally, the last game that I went to in person uh, in 2019 was actually an Athletics game. So I recognize that the Athletics exist. They do play baseball games in Oakland. So they are in the Bay Area and they are a major league baseball team. That being said, uh, the San Francisco Giants are by far my favorite team and have always been. And, you know, my favorite baseball player, my first favorite baseball player was Chili Davis, Mm. you know, just because he had the coolest name. And I remember being so sad when he left. And I just have all of these great memories of of the Giants, you know, and I remember going to that game where they lost on the last game of the season, 100 games. And I think at that time they were the last team to lose 100 games. And it might have been the San Francisco Giants the first time they'd lost 100 games in a season. And I remember being on the last day of the season, hoping it wouldn't happen. And unfortunately it did. But yeah, I mean, that really was the experience in those early days. The Giants were bad. And then I distinctly remember them, you know, threatening to move to St. Petersburg. And it was all but a a done deal, you know. But I also remember, you know, the teams from 1987 and 1989. Those 
those from my, you know, from like, I think I was what, I guess 11 and 13 years old. And uh, those teams just, you know, after having been bad for my whole life, um, seeing them uh, turn a corner and then, and then having icons on the team and like, you know, Robbie Thompson and Will Clark and my all time favorite giant, Matt Williams, you know, and having these super competitive, great teams growing up through my teen years, it just, you know, I, I really fell in love with the Giants, I think, then from 89 and through and through into the mid 90s, you know, the 1993 team, which I think was possibly one of the best San Francisco Giants teams of all time um, and didn't even make the playoffs. What a heartbreaking (laughs) moment that was. And uh, that that to me was, you know, they were such a huge part of my life as a teenager. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, when I was young and I, I one day I'm going to be a season ticket holder. That's what I'm going to do. And it had always seemed like a dream, like a pipe dream. And then for, you know, just, you know, honestly getting season tickets to a baseball team, I think at that time seemed like a pipe dream and seemed like a luxury that it's not actually that hard to do. <laughs> right. You, but, but, you know, the la- their last year at Candlestick was my first year as a season ticket holder and being able to go through that experience, watching, you know, moving into Pac Bell Park at the time and, and what a great experience that was. And then obviously Barry Bonds and, all of the the amazing things that he was doing and um you know for substances uh at play or not it was an amazing thing to be a part of uh, and it was such a wonderful experience and and you know honestly one of the one of the greatest baseball memories i have was 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 being at a playoff game with you a, a playoff game i think they unfortunately ultimately lost yep. but uh i remember uh, jt snow being at bat and and I, I had miscounted the score, and I thought that the Giants were down by one more run than they were. And, and JT hit that game-tying home run. And the crowd, I remember the crowd going crazy, and I remember you jumping up and down, and you were hugging me. And I kept thinking, why is everybody so excited? We're still down by a run. <laughs> So, so anyway, you know, I, the point is, I have so many great memories associated with the Giants, and and they were such a highlight in my life, and they were such a highlight of my childhood that I ended up, you know, making them. I went out and made them part of my my early adulthood, and and unfortunately, now over the past couple of years, you know, I, I've kind of lapsed as a Giants fan. I, I haven't been to as many games. I did go to. I have been to. Oh gosh, I went to the 2002 World Series. Obviously, I was a season ticket holder then. Um, I did luckily get tickets to the 2012 and 2014 World Series, and so I was at those games. I had tickets to games sixes six and seven of the 2010 World Series, but luckily I didn't have to use those. Um, but I've lapsed in the last few years. You know, I, I haven't really been paying close attention, and especially this past season was really hard. You know, um, just a lot of distractions, as I think maybe it was for a lot of people. But so one of the things that I really want to do is just I just want to get to know the team again. I want to I want to and I want to know this new leadership, which I Mm -hmm. think is a little bit it's very different from from who the Giants used to be. And it's different in a lot of ways that I like. I'm really like I like Sabermetrics. I like 
you know, and I think the Giants were one of the last teams to sort of embrace that approach. I also like the idea of building up a strong farm system, which I think is one of the things that uh, allegedly we're trying to do. Uh, we're going to talk about whether or not that's happening and whether or not that's being successful and whether or not that's even worthwhile. I, I, I know it, it's, it's, um, it's one of those hard things to do. So, so anyway, that's one of the things I'm hoping to get out of this podcast is, is just to get reconnected to the team and, and really learn and really know them at a deep, deep level. Um, so, so yeah. yeah. Excellent. You know, it's funny. You mentioned your favorite memory. That is actually, and and it's, it's weird that it comes in a giant's loss, but that is actually my, my, like, that is probably the most excited I've ever been at a baseball game. That was JT Snow hitting that game tying home run. And I do remember hugging you and jumping up and down and hugging the person next to me who I had no idea who that person was. And, you know, and we're just going crazy. I did not realize, though, until now that you had no idea that we had just tied the game. So that, that makes perfect sense to me. Because I, <laughs> I was just standing there dumbfounded. I was, like, I, was, I was stock still and I was like, why is everybody so excited? This is dumb. We're still losing. I mean, it's late, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, it, um, it was, <laughs> you couldn't even enjoy the moment. I'm, I'm sad for you because that well, is my you know, excited. I don't moment. know. I don't know. By the, by the, the giants had just done me wrong for so long, you know, the, because I, I think that was, and I'll have to go back and look at, look at the, you know, but, but there was that series where they remember when they were, they, they were the wild card. I can't remember how it was, but there was that five-game series. Remember, they used to do the five-game series where they would play the first two games at the visiting park, and then they would go play three games at the... I can't remember. I, I can't remember how it was, but I, I do remember that they, they, they left San Francisco and they were losing, and I was just like... I, I said to you, oh, they're... And we went to that game, too, and I was like, they're not coming back. And I think I think it was that same series, but I'll have to go back and look at it. But anyway, the point is the Giants had always done me wrong at that point, you know? <laughs> the they'd jaded always, Giants fan. <laughs> yeah, they'd always done me wrong. It was like they'd always found a way to not, you know, it was like it was Dusty taking the ball from Russ in, you know, in 2002. Oh. It, was, it was, you know, it was Solomon Torres, you know, trying to poor young guy that he was trying to, you know, trying to save the season in 93 it, it it was it was the stupid earthquake and dave stewart and you know whoever the other rick honeycutt was. wasn't it rick honeycutt yeah I, I don't i don't care <laughs> you know, like the point is i don't care it was just you know it, it just was like it was the goddamn cardinals in 87 it was just there was always a reason there was always something you know, so like in that moment, I was just like, you know, this, whatever. We just like all look at, listen, I thought typical Giants fans, you know, getting excited because now we're only down by one run. <laughs> Joke was on me. That's but, right. uh, but no, I mean, as a season ticket holder, I am, I am so, so lucky to have gotten to see so many great, great things. I, I remember David Bell scoring uh, the winning run to, to, uh, to take the Giants to the World Series. Uh, I think that was in 2002. And then luckily, you know, I, I got to, I got to go to the scooter rowing game uh, mm-hmm. in, what was that, in 2012, uh, when they won game seven in the pouring rain. 
and uh, you know, Scudero had his you know arms up into the air, and he's catching the rain in his mouth. Uh, yeah. I, I, I I was at that game, and that was such a such a, a lucky experience. And and then I got to go to game two of gosh, I can't. What was it? Game two of the two thousand fourteen World Series, I think. I should really go back and, and and look at these things out. Oh no, sorry, 2012 World Series, and then and then I got to take my son to Game Four of of the 2014 World Series, which I believe is the only Giants win that Madison Bumgarner did not appear in huh. in that series. <laughs> in that series, and so yeah, some great magical moments, obviously with you and with my son and. Gosh, and, 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 and I think, you know, I, those last, you know, 2010, 2012, 2014 were such, you know, amazing moments. I, I think, you know, having waited for it so for so long and, and then finally to have it happen again and then so quickly in succession was such a such a wonderful feeling. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, you feel bad for the rest of the league when they're like, you know, when your team's won it three times in five seasons, but you don't feel that bad. No. Yeah, no. you know, yeah. And I will say, I'm glad we got to win it in a full, full-blown season. So <laughs> no one can say to us, "Oh, you won your World Series in a 50-game season, right?" Because <laughs> that barely counts. <laughs> does that does that even count, Matthew? It does not count. Yeah, it doesn't count, right? Yeah, no. no. If you win your World Series in a 50-game season, when 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 most of professional baseball's at home hiding, uh, no, it's it's it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so what are we going to talk about as far as you know uh, this podcast? Um, you know, we've talked about our cocktails, obviously the Giants, but you know, what are what are you hoping to get out of you know this? What, well, are, you to, what are you hoping to share? I guess I should ask. Well, I, I mean, I well, so first of all, we're going to we're going to talk. We're hoping to do this on a weekly basis, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I think it, 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 once we get into our rhythm, we're going to talk about what has happened in the past week, you know, um, the big news, the big movements, the big series, the big mistakes, you know, we're going to, we're going to bitch. We're going to complain, uh, yeah. about things. We're going to, we're going to celebrate, uh, and, and hopefully we're going to eat our words a little bit, you know, we're going to, um, uh, take, uh, acknowledge when we, when we, when we were wrong, uh, <laughs> and, and hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully, that's because the Giants are winning when, you know, and, and somebody that we didn't think was doing a great job suddenly turns it around and, and does a great job. Um, so that's what we're going to we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about uh, prospects. We're going to be talking about, you know, not just the Giants, the San Francisco Giants. We're going to be talking about the farm system overall and, and movement within that farm system and who's who's doing well who's expected to be doing well, uh, who's not doing well, that's expected to be doing well, you know, that's, um, well, I think, I think that I want to cover. And I think that's an important one because I think that's obviously where Zaidi is, you know, spending a lot of effort to rebuild the farm system, you know, to, to have that 
that uh, pool of talent, whether it's to make the big club or to maybe have as you know trade bait or whatever. But it seems like you know, in years past, we didn't necessarily need to know kind of what was going on in the minors because we were you know filling holes with you know free agents and you know and trades and and now it seems like there's a little bit of a different approach. So I think that the minors are going to be an important part of of the equation. And so knowing what's going on down there, I think is a good thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, that's that's one of the areas where they said they wanted to focus, right? We're going to rebuild the farm league and we're going to create a better a better system, right? Yep. Uh, and they went and they made a bunch of personnel changes, you know, uh, at the scouting and and player development, right? So so they meant it, uh, and so certainly uh, we we definitely want to see some results there. It takes time, right? And that's why yep. we need to talk about it because. Because those players, right, those players who are being drafted uh, or brought into the team at 18 years old um, or sometimes younger, it takes a long time for them to, to even surface enough to even be considered for the major league team. And, and a lot of times that's invisible to the common fan, right? You know, those moves that are made five years in advance, right, even then six, seven years in advance, right? I mean, 18-year-old might make the team at 23, but even then – He's going to be young. He's going to be green. You know, he's probably not going to contribute much. So, so yeah. So, so we'll be talking about that, and and we should expect to see some results there. And uh, I'm certainly excited about it. Like, I love the idea of of having homegrown players come up from the minors and and make a huge impact. I mean, uh, you know, I wish we had a a Gavin Lux. You know, um, and I, you know, and it's just talk about the rich getting richer, right? You know, and if you don't know who Gavin Lux is and you're listening to this podcast, you you should know who Gavin Lux is. He's a Dodger. And, uh, you know, it, it, the point the point is, is that we uh, we should expect to see results there. Right. And, yeah. and, and we should expect to see those guys performing well. And obviously not all of them are going to make it, but a fair number of them should. Uh, and and I want to talk about it. Yep. what else are we going to talk about? Well, I think I think as for some of us who have been rooting for the Giants for a long time, uh, you know, the way that the Giants are are putting their team together, but also the strategy that they're using on the fields is way different than what we're used to. And Bruce Bochy was old school as old school gets, right? I mean, and now we're talking about sabermetrics and all the new you know, analytics that are going into you know determining moves and determining roster spots and all of that. So that seems like a good thing that we or something important that we should be talking about. Uh, I'll admit that I'm still trying to learn a lot of that kind of stuff, although I think that there's definitely value in it. And I'm excited about kind of, you know, seeing the results of, of where they're at. I, I think that I'm, I've been a convert, but I'm still not entirely up to speed on all of the lingo and all that. So I'm hoping that we can talk a little bit about that and, and, and shed some light on, on analytics and how that will shape the Giants. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a great subject. Uh, and it's actually something I've been interested in for a long time. Sabermetrics has been something that I've been reading about and and paying attention to for for a long a long time. And it used to frustrate me how how the Giants didn't seem to care about that sort of stuff. You know, and and I and I still believe that they made some moves that were counterintuitive based on the statistical evidence in in, in certain years, obviously, whatever we were doing during the, the first half of the last decade 
was was good enough and and you know it didn't really matter but but yeah i i I do believe that it is one way a, a really good way to analyze and measure players abilities at the same time i do also believe that players are not machines and um they're not a computer algorithm they're not a die right you can't roll them and expect to get a one through a six you know on an even amount of time and i do believe that 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 humans have good days and bad days and so i think i think you know it it, it, it'll be interesting to talk about those differences and the dichotomies there and i'll and i'll say right off the bat i i think i am a a believer in, in farhan zaidi i'm on the fence about gabe kapler i I'm not super psyched, you know, like I, I, I think there's a lot to be learned and there's a lot to see. I, I, I think, you know, I wasn't excited about him when he was with the Phillies. Uh, I wasn't excited about him as a as being signed as the manager, um, especially considered it felt a little bit like cronyism, you know, yep. and like, you know, it was like, oh, this is a guy you knew from the past and. And obviously there were some other things that people didn't like about Kapler, which I, I completely agreed with, and, but that were beyond, beyond baseball. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on Kapler. I, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like sometimes, especially like even in the 2020 season, you know, I felt like sometimes he was, he was making moves that just, just, just because the numbers said he should. And it felt at times that, he wasn't looking at what was happening in front of him. He wasn't using his eyes, right? He was right. he was just looking at the numbers. He wasn't, or he had a plan, and that was the plan, and they were sticking to the plan, and and not using his eyes, not not seeing what was happening on the field, and, and saying that you know letting that change his decisions, and because I do think there's a balance. Yeah. Well, um, and I I think to yeah. hear hear him talk this year is uh, you know it mm-hmm. seems like he's he's saying that he's learned his lesson that he's going to kind of try and balance that that analytics versus the gut and uh, and seeing with his eyeballs what's going on and and we'll see because I, I hope so because I feel like he you know, not only did he you know from a fan's perspective seem like he was making some pretty boneheaded moves but um, it also seemed like he was losing some of the respect from his from his team from his you know his pitching staff particularly and you know and so you know I, I feel like you know he's got a you know, as a manager you've got to put faith in, in your players to, to do the job. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how he plays out this year because it uh, sounds like he's trying to, 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 to change a little bit in that respect. So I'm curious to see how he does. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like I said, humans aren't computers, right? The, there are so many things at play. And if you don't have the trust of your team, they're not going to go out and compete at, the norm, at their highest level. Yeah. And which means, which throws all of your numbers out of the window, right? Like if, if, if their head's not in the game, they're not competing at their highest level. If they're not competing at their highest level, then your statistics don't mean squat. Right. Right. Um, and so there's that, I mean, yeah. So, but at the same time, I mean, like, you know, obviously most baseball players grew up with, you know, a certain way of viewing the game and, you know, starters want to pitch deep into games always. I mean, when has a starter ever been happy that he was being taken out of a game? <laughs> Never. But, you know, I, I do think there were times last year where, where he came out and grabbed whoever it was too early, whether it was the starter or reliever. 
just because there was some sort of game plan and that was the game plan. And that just, to me, sounds like an excuse more than a strategy, right? It's like, you know, a dominant pitcher is a dominant pitcher. And in some days, guys are are, are really dominant. And, And why would you put that to waste? You know, and, and the fact of the matter is, like, I feel like you can see it. Like, everybody can see it, right? Everybody knows when a guy's got his real good stuff going. And and I think a lot of that was missed last year. And then I also think, you know, they went to certain matchups that maybe looked good on paper, but a certain player or two had demonstrated the last three or four days that he didn't have it or wasn't going to have it or wasn't going to match their expectations. And they kept go into the well and it just bit them too many times, especially there at the end of the season. Yeah. And that was, that was rough to watch. That was, you know, and, um, what do I know? Right. I'm just a fan. (laughs) I, I don't play professional baseball. So, you know, but at the same time, I do know this is a debate that professional baseball players are having. Right. And so it's, it's, it's one of those things that I guess, you know, I guess we'll see. I, I hope he comes around. I, I hope it's a little bit more, you know, day to day that he's paying attention to the game and that he makes choices and decisions that are based on what he sees, not not what they wrote down that morning. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So so we'll be talking about that <laughs> for sure. Right. We're also going to be talking about other teams um, because, you know, the Giants don't play in a vacuum we're going to be talking about mainly uh uh, the rockies the diamondbacks uh, the padres and yes the dodgers and and maybe a little bit uh, of the rest of the you know aggressive major league baseball as well but we're going to be doing it in relation to you know obviously we're going to be talking about the division because that's who the giants are competing for directly for playoff spots right you know if this year it looks like it's going to be very, very difficult for anybody from the NL West that is not the Dodgers or the Padres to make the playoffs, right? Because one, you're going to have to finish ahead of one of those two teams uh, uh, at the very least, you know, to guarantee yourself a place, a, a playoff spot, or you're going to have to hope that you finish in a really strong third place position and you get that last wild card. And then what you got to go face the best team in the national league. Not, not a great situation. So, so we're going to be talking about the rest of the division and how it, uh, and how it's stacking up against the giants. And, and we're talking about, you know, some of the names that you don't know from those other teams, right? Like most fans, we, we know the entire roster of the giants, but we don't have the time or patience (laughs) to go learn about who are the guys they are trying to stay away from? Who are the guys that they're trying to avoid in the diamondbacks bullpen? Uh, most fans don't know that stuff. So we'll be talking about those people. And we'll also be talking about um, uh, the prospects and the minor leagues for those teams and what's what's coming for them. So, you know, are the Dodgers just going to continue to be a juggernaut that, that the Giants have to contend with year after year after year because they keep growing great homegrown talent? Uh, spoiler, yes. <laughs> well, I think, too, also uh, on top of that, I think, it's it's going to be interesting talking about you know Zaidi and how he's how he's building this team and I think in that respect 
you know, the contract situations and, you know, where, you know, uh, after this season, for example, we're losing, you know, we're finally going to get rid of some of these longer, you know, older contracts that have, uh, you know, that are quite pricey. So, you know, what, what is he, what is the plan and how is Farhan, you know, looking at the, the long haul uh, and setting us up for, for success in the future. And, you know, it's important to, to look at the Dodgers and, and how they've done things, because that's where Farhan came from. Uh, you know, you can look at their, their model and see, okay, this is kind of what he's trying to do as well. Um, and why not, right? It's work. They've got, you know, a zillion consecutive National League West championships and, and, you know, and, and a disputed world championship uh, last year. So, so I think, you know, the, that is an organization that we want to, you know, look at and see why they're, they're being so successful. And so, I'm interested to talk about that and to learn, you know, kind of dig into why Farhan is making the decisions that he's making. And because you go, you go, you go around to Facebook or some of the, you know, Reddit, the fan sites, and you see fans just kind of blasting every move that Farhan makes because it's not a big name free agent or, you know, but, but I think that's kind of where his genius lies is, you know, finding that, that potential that nobody else sees and, and, and turning them into something that, that can help the club. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that and kind of see where, where that will take the Giants in, in, the, in the coming years. Yeah, for sure. And, and I do want to say one thing. We don't dispute that the Dodgers are the reigning world champions, and we don't dispute that they won the World Series. It would be crazy to dispute something as obvious that happened at a national level like that. <laughs> of course. They, uh, they, they right. won a 60-game right. season, but they won nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, what we're not going to dispute is there's going to be a big fat asterisk next to it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh, and we're not going to talk about politics in this podcast. No. Either. Because no. who wants to hear about that? Yeah, exactly. Just to kind of wrap it up, I think that that's, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things to talk about for the Giants, and and I think I'm looking forward to just sitting down once a week and, and talking Giants and, you know, what's going on and, and what, what would be interesting to us, and hopefully that will be interesting to, you know, the listener. And, you know, hopefully people will, will tune in and, and want to hear more about, you know, the Giants on a, on a weekly basis and, and, and have a drink with us, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so with that in mind, um, maybe this is kind of where we uh, should probably call it a, a podcast, don't you think? Yeah, I think we should wrap it up here. I, I don't know when we would normally give you our, our drink recipes. I don't have my drink recipe in front of me, but I, I'll tell you it was, it was rye, rye whiskey. Uh, it was Rittenhouse, um, bottled in bond. And uh, uh, there was a, a nice, simple syrup, which I'm pretty sure was like uh, had some cloves uh, oh, in it. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice wintry kind of flavor. And yeah, so I agree. I think this was a good, a good, a good stop, good stopping point. And um, we will see you all next week. Should we tell them where they can find us? I don't know where they can find us. Oh, right. Well, yes, we should tell them, yes. I mean, not at your front well, door. I don't want them knocking, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what I one. meant was, what I meant was, this is our first podcast. And I'm like, I was thinking, like, where do you find podcasts? All the places that you normally find podcasts. Yes. And and if you'd like to talk to us, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Sonoma Y Guy. S-O-N-O-M-A-Y-G-U-Y. Uh, Sonoma Y Guy uh, on Twitter. How about you? Uh, you can find me at Watch Ben Fail. Uh, 
Watch that's, Ben that's fail. A spectacularly uplifting Twitter uh, name there. Hey, I have no. I've been failing my way to success my whole life. So yes, yes, you have. It's it's, uh, it's nothing. Uh, nothing to be ashamed of there. All right. And with that, we'll bid you adieu, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Happy, happy drinking. <laughs>